The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you for being here today. You know, we talk about wisdom a lot. A lot of times we call each other wise and we, and there's a new way of saying that in the, uh, sort of pop younger culture that you spell it W-I-Z-E. You're so wise. Uh, but we don't really understand wisdom when it comes to the process of wisdom. We tend to think that wisdom is something you get once and you have it. It's like you get a house and you have it, get a car and you have it. And beyond that, we also tend to think of wisdom in terms of that are a little bit over otherworldly. We think that those people who are wise are either those who have been taught by a guru or a master teacher or they are the guru or the master teacher. But really, even the guru or master teacher will tell us that wisdom isn't taught. It's received. And it isn't received from any external teaching. It's received from some deep resonance within us. So what's the process of attaining wisdom? People speak frequently about lessons we're getting in life through the School of Hard Knocks or other like schools, but all too often the lessons we learn have to do with how to survive better or how to become better people or how to win friends and influence people. Sometimes the lessons have to do with enjoying life more, but what is that? Is it really wisdom? What is wisdom then? Is is it a mood of bliss? Is it a higher self? And once we know what it is, will we start to want it? If so... Will we get it? These questions and more are going to be answered today as we talk about the wisdom process. So let's talk about it in terms of process first. I mean, most of us think that as we go through life, we're supposed to grow up. We're supposed to get more mature and therefore more wizened, more wise. Uh, but And maturity is uh, very important to the wisdom process, and, uh, and maturity can happen at all kinds of ages. I've certainly worked with people who are in their 60s and 70s who had not a clue what maturity was, and I've worked with young people in their you know late teens and early 20s and 30s who are quite wise. So, uh, you know, what is wisdom in terms of its process? If a young person can have it, how much process does it really need? Well, if you believe in reincarnation, then you believe that there might be other lives in which a person has gained information and then another life to gain it more and then another to gain more and another to gain more until when they arrive sometime at birth, they already have a lot of information in their pockets, so to speak, and they can pull it out at will. On the other hand, there are many others of us who believe that we all come here already wise and we forget that wisdom when we get here. I think both are true. I think we are in a process of learning over lifetimes and 
And we are also in a process of uh, knowing the soul as the wise, the truest, wisest element of our existence. So, so if both things are true, then I know everything in that terms of wisdom before I'm born and then I forget it. But on the other hand, to the, the degree to which I forget it might be relative to the experiences I've had in pre-lives, in lives before this one. So if we keep both of those two things in line, we have, in mind, we have to consider the process of wisdom is not one that we get just in one life, but one in which we are, uh, talking about the, uh, the compilation of several different lives, uh, in which we gain wisdom. And we might gain it through having made a lot of mistakes in other lives too. So the process of wisdom doesn't necessarily mean that we go and sit at the font of wisdom or sit at the feet of a guru or a master teacher. Although I don't, I don't eschew those methods of gaining information and wisdom. I do believe that, uh, there are some wonderful master teachers out there and I, I think I certainly would encourage if that is something that you want to do, go ahead and do it. So I'm not discouraging that at all. But what I am saying is no matter what that person teaches you, you have to receive it. There has to be something inside of you that resonates with that truth or it doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't have an impact. So in the process of wisdom, what it's like is this. We go through lives and and as we're going through a lifetime, we experience life. And as we experience life in whatever form that experience takes, we are gaining something alchemically inside of us. There are alchemical shifts taking place inside of us. Now, this is a little bit of a mystery because what we'd like to think of it is only in terms of lessons. Well, we can look at a lesson. Well, you know, I wrecked my car when I was drunk and I got the lesson. I don't drink and drive anymore. Okay, well, that's really smart. But is that wisdom? Well, in some kind of way, yeah, it is. But is it? The kind of wisdom we're talking about where I understand myself as a spiritual being. Probably not. Might be one step in that direction, however. So we can't say that the person hasn't gained wisdom. Alright, so the process might include that. It might include some mistakes. It might include some ventures into adventures where we, uh, experience life on another kind of realm where life is a little bit scary and intense and and powerful and we're really alive and aware in those moments and then we come back to normal routine of life and we're like, oh, changed in some really important way deep down inside. Will that change last? Well, that depends on how much wisdom we actually obtained. Um, or it might also depend on how forgetful we are about the wisdom we actually attained. So... It's possible, for example, to go to a workshop and listen and really get a lot and come out all fired up and, you know, that lasts for a couple weeks and then boom, you're back in the same old place again. We all see that happen. It's kind of like the veil drops again. The blindness comes back over us and we're back in the duality trance state. But uh, that doesn't mean we didn't get something. It only means that we've either forgotten it or we didn't get it at the deepest levels where it can maintain some kind of... Um, structure inside of us. Uh, so what I'm saying here is that when we talk about wisdom as a lesson we get, we may be lessening the definition of wisdom. Because a lesson is kind of like, okay, I'm going to contrive my ability to learn that thing. I'm going to 
allow myself to structure my life in a way that says I'm not going to do that anymore. I am going to do this from now on. Okay, well, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not that deep inner shift that I'm talking about. So when I talk about wisdom, I'm talking about a deep inner shift in consciousness that allows me to glimpse or or maintain some vision of myself for who I actually am as a soul. Now, I want to be clear here that when I'm talking about soul, I'm also talking about spirit. For me, there is no distinction between soul and spirit. Uh, for me, there are they are the same. They are, uh, they are, uh, synonymous terms. So what I want to say is when we, when we, I'm going to use those terms interchangeably here, but when we talk about soul, what we're talking about by my definition, not everyone's and may not even be yours, but by my definition, soul is the essence of who we are, the absolute essence of who we are. And who we are as essence is divine. We are created in the image, and whether you think of that term created as a one-time event that happened centuries ago or an ongoing event, which is what I believe, that is uh, continuing throughout my lifetime and your lifetime, <clears throat> whichever way you think of it, we are created or creating ourselves as divine essence. We are created in that image, and the word image that is, is used there is not typically how we think of image as in a portrait, but rather a duplication so so when we talk about that it's like here's a duplication of myself in form not and so what we typically think of or at least this is the way I was taught it and and visualized it as a child god was this man figure or or woman figure this this human figure that uh and the reason i know that he or she was a, a human figure was because he, we were made in its image. Well, that's what that meant. We took it literally to mean that's what it meant. But actually, uh, the word, as I said, image is a duplication, and the duplication means we are the same as. We are another form, another another being just like that being. A clone, if you will. So, uh, so okay. When we talk about uh, soul, we're talking about that deepest essence of ourselves as divine beings. Now, when we get to the difference between learning a lesson and gaining wisdom, one learning a lesson may or may not impact the soul. It may impact only the mind and the behavior. But wisdom impacts the soul, or the soul impacts us, impacts our awareness of ourselves, so that we are touched in a way that recognizes ourselves as soul. When that happens, we've gained wisdom. And we, it can happen off and on throughout a lifetime, and and hopefully it grows one one uh, alchemical event on another, on another, on another, on another, until we are incrementally shifted in consciousness from unconsciousness to consciousness of who we are as a divine being. So that is what that is my definition of wisdom: that it, we become more and more aware of who we are. And the reason that's such an important piece of wisdom is because the other option is to not know who we are. And not knowing who we are, it can be, we can still gain lessons, we can still get lessons and still not know who we are. Okay, so I might, uh, for example, I, I had an event one time many years ago in which I was working late night shift as an editor of a, of a small literary press and I was having to input, uh, 
the uh, stories and poems into a computer that was a, a dinosaur that just didn't work very well. And a couple of times I, you know, I put the story in and then I pushed a button and it deleted the whole story. And it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm angry. And I'm just ready to throw the machine out the window. Uh, and it ended up that the third time that I did that, I yelled at the machine, expletives included, and and the security guard comes running into the room and goes, are you okay, are you okay? Because I was so angry at the machine for not doing what I wanted it to do. And, of course, my lesson there was that I needed to learn how to use the machine and not ask the machine to do what I wanted it to do. And I got that lesson. But did that impact me on that deep inner level? Well, I'll tell you about that and then right after the break. Stay tuned for more. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Ed Edgar Mitchell Ions is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. So we're talking today about the process of wisdom, what it is and what it isn't. And I said just before the break that I was going to finish the story about me and my dragon computer. Uh, it was actually a typesetter uh, for my the magazine that I was working with. And uh, I, I had just gotten through yelling at it, and the uh, security guard came in and asked, was I okay? And, of course, I was okay. I was just mad. And and uh, the machine was just not cooperating. It was not doing what I was telling it to do. I pushed the right button, 
And it just kept deleting my stories. And it did that three times after the stories were quite long and took a lot of effort. And it was the wee hours of the morning. I was tired. I had two young children at home and I had to go and get the, uh, you know, when they got up in the morning and stay awake for a while longer before I could get any rest. So I was tired and, uh, and mad. And what I learned from that was, yes, the lesson, the behavior is you can scream and yell and holler at this machine all you want. But it is not going to do anything different than it did the last time because it is a machine. Okay? That's the lesson. I got it. Okay? Intellectually, I can get that. But inside, deep down inside, the alchemical shift that took place for me was that I now use that lesson that I got as a, as a, uh, an understanding about acceptance. What is acceptance? Acceptance is the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom, the wisdom to know the difference. And uh, the difference was I couldn't change this machine. And so that changed me on an, on a different level. That I got a lesson from my behavior that yelling at this machine wasn't going to make any difference. But I also got a, a deeper, more wise understanding that acceptance was going to be part of my the thing I was going to have to do with this machine and what I've had to do over and over and over and over and over again throughout my life when things don't go my way. You know, I want to pinch a little fit and say, how come you're not doing what I want you to do? Well, it's because it's not going to do what I want it to do. That's just how it is. And acceptance, acceptance changes us on deep, deep levels. Why? Because we have to let go to accept. We have to say, okay, I can't make this thing change. I can't make this person change. I can't make my husband stop drinking. I can't make him stop abusing me. I can't uh, make my wife stop cheating on me. I can't uh, make my mother be a better mother. I can't have a relationship with my husband that I can create that will make my mother or my father different than what they were when I was growing up. All kinds of bargains that we make with life. And that is why I became so clear about this whole thing about bargaining. If I do this, then I'll do, then you'll do that. If you do that, then I'll do this. Those are bargains. If I can just push the right magical verbal button, my husband is going to finally get it and he will stop drinking. No, he won't. <laughs> He's going to stop drinking when and if he thinks it's time to stop drinking. Period. End of sentence. The end. And that is the way every person on planet Earth changes. We change when we think it is absolutely necessary. And we will resist change when we don't think it's absolutely necessary. That's it. And acceptance knows that. And when I get there, shift tectonic uh, planes inside of me begin to shift. And I begin to settle down into my lower chakras in a whole new way. That is the process of wisdom. That I begin to settle into the reality of who I am. Who I am is a person who can take radical responsibility for myself. In fact, integral responsibility for myself. Meaning that it encompasses all of my life, every part and parcel and aspect of my beingness. I'm responsible for it. And who is the I am that is responsible for that? It's my soul. And, and so when I, when I really begin to get that, that's wisdom. 
things begin to shift inside of me and I really take responsibility for the opening of my chakras, for the ability of myself to see myself grounded in planet Earth and knowing that I'll be okay, not because I know how to bargain with the world to make enough money, not because I am able to um, lie to myself and prostitute myself for some boss that will say, okay, good job, you get your paycheck this week. And not to say that's a bad thing either if that's your true calling, but if it's not and you're doing it, you're not being true to who you are. And my wisdom tells me that being true to myself means that I have to trust that the universe is taking care of me, that something deep inside of me is taking care of me, and that I'm going to be okay. I'll figure it out. I'll know what to do. All I need is enough light to take the next step. That is wisdom. How did I learn that? Did I have some school of hard knock stuff going on? You betcha. Have you all had that? I know you have. And, uh, yeah, we can learn from those experiences. We can take quote unquote lessons from those experiences or, and or we can shift into something far deeper and gain something even better, something more permanent, something more eternal even, something we will carry with us into the next life that is so valuable that it, it helps us really Line up with ourselves in a whole new way. So that is the alchemistry of wisdom. It is alchemical. It is not intellectual or mental or even emotional, even though those things might factor into it. It is not just those things. It is way deeper than that. So when, when, when wisdom comes into play, it isn't going to be just a lesson that you got. It'll, uh, you know, something that says, okay, I, I got it. I can't drive drunk anymore. <laughs> or, okay, I can't, you know, I'm not going to make this machine work any better by screaming at it. Yeah, fine. But is that all there is to wisdom? No. Now, I might get a little bit more maturity that way. I might stop screaming at machines. <laughs> you know, I might stop drinking drunk. I mean, excuse me, driving drunk. Not that I've ever driven drunk, haven't, but... You know, that's an example that says these are the lessons we can get, but how deep are we taking them? Now, in that process, what we tend to think of when we think of lessons is self-improvement. Um, we, we tend to think that self-improvement means I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to become a better person. Well, who is the I am that isn't a better person and who is the better person we're trying to become? How do we do that? Do we contrive it? Do we mimic other people? Do we pretend? What is that real? I don't think so. So is that wisdom? I wouldn't call it that. If I'm just mimicking someone else and it isn't real inside of me, then it isn't real. Now, that's not to say that I can't get real through mimicking someone else, but if it's just that, it's not wisdom. Okay, so, you know, there's an old saying in AA, and uh, those of us in the mental health field have stolen a lot of AA adages because they are so succinct and clear. And, uh, and you know, when we talk about how to work with people, we very often have to use these, these adages. And so one of the things that they say is, uh, if you do the same old thing looking for different results, well, that's the definition of insanity. And, and uh, so when we're looking for different results by repeating the same bargain over and over again, that's not very wise, but many of us do it, thinking this time it'll work. Oh, well, okay, it didn't work that time. This time I'll do a different twist, and this time it'll work. 
And we can spend years of our lives in those kind of bargains. And I very often work with people who are bargaining with a sad childhood by repeating the exact same thing in their adulthood. So they had this mother who was indifferent and didn't really was couldn't be relied upon. And so now they're in relationships with people that cannot be relied upon and are indifferent. What are they doing with that? They're trying to undo the past. They're hoping that this time they'll be the best wife or the best husband and finally they'll be loved by that mother vicariously through this person. Well, that's a bargain. It's never going to change your childhood. And it's not going to make this person you're married to any different than what they are. We ultimately end up leaving the people and then getting in a relationship again with perhaps getting in a relationship again with somebody else who does the exact same thing. Why? Because we haven't gotten the deeper alchemical shift. We, we may have learned the lesson to keep our mouth shut or walk on eggshells or do some other thing that we think is brand new, but actually is probably a repetition of our childhood experience. And, and we may have gotten that, but we haven't really changed incrementally. Now, what I mean by change is not become a better person, but become who we are. So when we talk about better people in the new age, new, new thought movement, we get to talk about something called higher self, which intimates that there is such a thing as lower self. The lower self is what everybody in the new age, new thought movement tends to call ego. And I can't tell you how many discussions I've had with people who, where I'm trying very hard not to use the word ego and they just keep saying the word ego because that's how we've come to, that's the language we in the New Age, New Thought Movement have come to use for that quote unquote lower self. Well, first of all, ego is a liaison between the internal and external world. We absolutely need it. We don't need to be trying to get rid of it or change it. It is our, it is what keeps us sane. If we have no ego, then the external can flood in over us and we don't have a self. Or, or the internal can flood out over the external world and we can't see the external world with any kind of clarity. That's where hallucinations and delusions come from. Therefore, we could become psychotic as a result of not having an ego. We don't want to lose an ego. All right. What we do want to do is is recognize who we are. Now, if who we are is a lower self or an ego, and then we've got to attain to this higher self, well, that splits us off into two different people. I'm this lower me and I'm this higher me. And how do I negotiate the bridges between the two? Well, for most people, that means trying to eliminate the lower self. That means go, finding the darker parts of your shadow and eliminating them so that you, and removing the blocks so that you can move on to that higher self. Uh, that language is so much a part of duality for me that I just can't speak that language, so I won't. Here's what I believe. What I believe is there is no such thing as a lower self. There's no such thing as a higher self. There is only the divine self. And we are not always aware of that. And because we are not always aware of that, we often act as if we are not divine beings. That doesn't mean we aren't. It doesn't mean the truth is not still there. It does mean we can live out, live out of an identity that, and that is not ego. That's it. That is an identity in which we believe ourselves to be separate from the divine and we define ourselves accordingly and we live that life. And as we live that life, we bump into things over and over and over again that hopefully will shift the tectonic plates inside of us so that the earth begins to change. 
who we are begins to become a full awareness of who we are. So we're going to talk some more about that in just a few minutes. The process of wisdom. Stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit pumping pro grab the bull market by the horns and listen to profitable investing with jordan kimmel Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the process of wisdom, a mysterious process indeed that involves alchemical changes within us. When I talk about alchemistry, what I mean by that is that there are, there are uh, shifts in our consciousness that are taking place. It's not that we are becoming better people. It's not that we're developing a higher self out of the lower self or getting rid of the lower self so we can have our higher self. It's not that we're doing away with ego. It's not any of those terms that we've become so familiar with in the New Age movement. It is in, instead opening up to conscious awareness of who we are. The, there is only one self. It is divine self. There is no lower self. There is no higher self. Ego is just a liaison between the internal and out, external worlds, which we need and, and without which we might become psychotic. So we don't want to get rid of the ego, and we and, there, and if there is no such thing as a lower or higher self, then we we've been headed in the wrong direction. What we've done is just like I've, I was talking about a little while ago: a, chi- a child grows up with an indifferent parent and marries an indifferent spouse, and wants to get that spouse to love them the way Mama never did. And so, if they can finally get him or her to love them, then they will vicariously experience through them the love that mother never gave them. What they're trying to do is resolve that childhood issue as an adult through someone else other than their mothers. It can't be done. 
And all they end up doing is leaving that relationship. And hopefully get, they get some wisdom out of that and and become more aware of the, who they really are and start living into that in, instead of the old identity, which has them repeating the same patterns. We are doing the same thing in the New Age movement, I'm sorry to say. Unfortunately, we're doing this the exact same thing that we were, that we were taught to do in the old traditional Western motif of square off against yourself, fight the battle, the good battle between good and evil, and ultimately you might win and get to go to heaven. Okay, And while we may not have that ultimate outcome goal, and while we may not talk so much about hell and heaven in the New Age New Thought movement, what we do talk a lot about is how we can get that lower self to do what we want it to do and get the higher self uh, in, in more of our awareness. So... Uh, that kind of thinking just splits us off and we go to war with ourselves and then I have people coming to see me for therapy who say, how can I can't get my lower self to obey, obey me and how come my higher self won't come more into my consciousness? Well, it's because you don't have a lower self and you don't have a higher self. You just have a divine self, an authentic self if you want to use psychological terms. Um, you have an authentic self and that's you. And you have split off your awareness from that authentic self, that divine self, so that you live into an identity that has you repeating the same patterns that identity espouses. And the only thing to do about it is not, again, to square off against the identity, but to find out who you really are. Okay? And then the identity sort of bows into that and, and, and becomes a part of it. It becomes an integral part of it instead of just repeating the same old patterns. So we're talking about oneness here, and that's what I believe the wisdom process is all about. It takes us to a deeper aspect of ourselves so that we can feel our own essence. Now, the journey, the process of wisdom is all about experiencing life as it is in the duality trance state, in that identity. You know, when we're saying, I'm going to fight against myself and I'm not going to listen to bad news because it gives me negative thoughts and I'm not going to have any negative feelings inside of me. What we're saying essentially is, I'm not going to live life. I'm going to live on a surreal plane where I can intellectualize myself into a state where I'm going to feel like I'm okay. And therefore, I'm not getting the very things that I need to get in order to grow my wisdom, in order to become more conscious of who I am as a divine being. So uh, this process we've got of, of talking about, oh, I just don't want to have any negative thoughts, that thing is rampant throughout the New Age New Thought movement. And it, I'm going to be somebody who stands clearly on, we don't need to be worrying about whether or not we're having negative or positive thoughts. What we need to do is have experiences that bring us to closer awareness of who we are. And every experience has that potential if we're open to it. So so we have a, a, you know, let's talk about something difficult. We have to get a divorce. Okay, what was that marriage all about? Was it two identities who, who like a mask, two masks and costumes dancing with, with each other, really didn't ever get to know each other as who they really were? Is that what it was? Was it? Um, the superwoman mask and costume dancing with the, with the, uh, Peter Pan mask and costume. Was that what it was? Because if that's what it was, then, okay, I can be, wake up to that. I can become aware that I was in a relationship that wasn't who I really am with someone who wasn't who he or she really was because I wasn't who I really was. And I attracted 
this relationship in order to help me become more conscious, in order to facilitate my wisdom process. And, and if I can get that and really sit with it and really begin to see that superwoman and why she needed to be superwoman in the first place, what frightened her so bad, so big, that she had to be super to deal with it. What was that? And if we can work with that energy, then we're talking about a, a shift in the tectonic plates. Now, you know, when we talk about shifting tectonic plates, we're also talking about the potential for earthquakes. And sometimes that's how it happens. Sometimes something comes up out of the earth and cracks us down the middle and makes us feel like we've lost ourselves in the abyss. Yes, that can happen. And it's an opportunity for the process of wisdom to take hold. Everything, every experience of your life is an opportunity for you to gain more information about who you are as a divine being, an authentic self. So if that's true, then it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It matters what we, what we're going to do with them. And what, and we say that all the time, but what we typically mean by that is, well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to beat it. I'm going to overcome it. I'm going to win. I'm not going to let it get me down. Well, maybe it needs to get you down for a minute. Okay. Maybe you need to sit with down for just a minute. And in the new age, new thought movement, there's no room for that because that's down is a negative place. We don't want to go there. But I say, if you miss down, you may be missing the wisdom. Sometimes, under the under the uh, cloistered darkness of a depression, we can find enough quiet to find who we are. Enough quiet to just go, oh, well, that's not really true. This is true. You know, I have these feelings because, you know, of this this particular mind structure I've got in my head. And that mind structure makes me believe X, Y, and Z. And that X, Y, and Z belief pulls me down. But unless I go down, I can't find what's in there. So the wisdom process is one in which we allow ourselves to be whatever, to be with whatever. Because here's the thing. If we truly are divine self, then what stops us from being with the part of us that believes itself not divine? If we truly are divine self, we are strong and eternal and omnipotent and omnipresent. And we can sit beside any down that comes our way. We can sit beside it and not be afraid that it's going to overwhelm us. <coughs> Excuse me. Because we are not it. We are not. It is not us. We are not defining ourselves by that feeling. It's just a feeling. And we can sit with it. But what we are, are afraid of is this, if we have that feeling, we, it is defining us. And so in that, in that place of thinking, we drag ourselves down into it. We begin to identify with the feeling and we go down with it. And sometimes even that is a part of the process of discovery. I certainly have worked with a lot of clients over the years who go down who really do go down with that and identify completely with their feeling. I'm feeling down, therefore I am that downness. I am that darkness. I am that that place inside me I think of as evil. I'm just that dark. But we can separate, sort of pull the strings very gently off of that and begin to say, wait a minute, these are your feelings, but this is not who you are. 
In fact, very, very often what I find is there's another whole thought pattern in there that could be described as another whole person, if we wanted to think of it that way, that has a whole other idea about what's going on. And that person needs to be heard as well. And often we find that that person is your authentic self or your divine self, however you want to call that. So in that process of of, of being with our feelings, we might discover other things in there. Because here's the deal. Not only is there a lot of repressed material in the unconscious, and repressed material is made up of all those things that we don't want to know about ourselves, whatever they are. Not only is there that that repression of what we consider to be dark things or bad things about ourselves. There's our, our closet full of bad stuff. But the divine self is also in there. Very often it, we find it in there because we're not allowed to know it. And as a matter of fact, knowing that we, who we are, knowing who we are is the, is, is the exception, not the rule. There are more people who don't know who they are than people who know who they are. And even if you only think about that in purely psychological terms, there are more people who are not authentic than there are people who are authentic. Why is that? Because we've been taught as a society that being authentic is being selfish. Being who you are is, is, is A, one, really too scary because you might find out you're a bad person. And B, when we run into somebody who is authentic, we tend to think, well, they're just self-centered or, or selfish. But actually, they're just honest. And they know when compassion is calling them and when it's not. That's the deal. So they're not operating out of loyalties or codes of behavior or morals. They're operating out of true compassion. And that is the final, the, the one law that Jesus talked about. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. So, so, you know, when we think in terms of, of what's real inside of us, what we can get to is there is some deep inner resonance that just kind of goes ding, ding, that's it. Here you are. This is real. You just feel more grounded. You feel more centered. You're more in yourself. You're, you're more aware of your present reality. You even look at things differently in a physical way. So that's what it's like to, to, to run into yourself in there. But very often we run in and then we run back out because the self, the authentic self, the divine self, is very often in the unconscious. And we've left it there because for centuries and centuries we've been taught not to have an authentic self, not to know we've got an authentic self for sure, and and to, to beware of it, to follow the codes, to follow the morals, but don't think about who you are. It's blasphemy, in fact, to find out that you're a divine self. So we're going to talk some more right after the break about this mood of bliss we talk so much about when it comes to the New Age, New Thought movement and in terms of what that means in the wisdom process. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. 
Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment of the Authentic Living Show today, and we're talking about the wisdom process. And what we've said so far is that it ain't what we thought it was. It's not us learning lessons. It's not us trying to overcome the lower self. It's not us trying to find the higher self. It's not getting rid of ego. It's not just uh, lessons, and it's not just self-improvement. What it is is an alchemical process in which we merge with our consciousness of who we are. We have an identity that believes itself separate from who we are, uh, but we really can't be divided that way, and we only believe that we're separate from who we are. And because we believe that, we have all kinds of other ways of living that might not be a part of, of uh, might not be practices of the authentic self. Nevertheless, those practices, that experience of living is part of the process that will sort of bump up against us and help us to become more aware of who we are as authentic beings, as divine beings. So uh, we we don't want to say, I don't want to ever have a negative thought. I want to only think positive because when we do that, we could be shutting off the very experience that is going to increase our wisdom, increase our compassion, increase our awareness of who we are as divine beings. So uh telling ourselves never to think negatively or never to have a negative emotion and not surround not hear any negative news and don't be around negative people and all that stuff that we say uh really keeps us from having the experiences we need now i'm not saying that we should just go out there and you know go willy-nilly and not use common sense what i am saying is that uh, that we, when we tell ourselves, uh-oh, I'm having a negative thought, that's the time to stop that process right there and say, okay, wait a minute. Maybe I called it negative, but I need to understand what's going on inside me, so let me do some exploration. And we can sit with ourselves as divine beings, sitting with the part of us that is identified with something other than divine, and just hear it. 
Hear it like it's a little lost child who needs you to hold it and love it and give it some wisdom. And as you do that, you're identifying more with the divine self and not so much with that old identity. It's a process, and it unfolds in its own way, in its own time, and everybody's on their own wavelength with it. But we are all in that process. Every one of us are already in that process, and we can't stop that process. It's a part of our journey here. So we're all waking up incrementally, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, and whatever it takes, whatever we need to experience, uh, we that experience is helping us to come more aware of who we are as divine beings. I heard something the other day, or, or, uh, not long ago, about a story of a man who uh, lived his life as an alcoholic. And somebody said, well, he's probably got many more lives to go because, you know, that life is, you know, a pretty bad life. So, you know, how do we, you know, he's got a long way to go. Well, actually, what they found out when they uh, accessed their own wisdom was or uh, uh, information inside was that this man w- was on his last life. This was the last life he was going to have to have here on planet Earth. Why? Because he only needed one more thing, and that was humility. And that's what he got through this life of being an alcoholic his whole life. So, you know, we judge that and we go, oh, oh he's got a long way to go. But actually, we don't know what plane somebody else is on and what they're getting from that experience. So, Instead of sitting around going, I know what wisdom is before I ever attain it, and here's what it's supposed to look like, what we ought to be saying is, let me just be in my process. Let me have my experiences, and let me uh, see what happens as an evolutionary process as a part of this. I'm willing to fall backwards into the mystery. I'm willing to fall backwards into divine self and let it carry me and, and rely on that uh, so that I can just really stay in touch with that essence of who I am. And as I do that, I gain more and more and more from every single experience I have. So we don't want to shut off experience. We want to have it. And that brings me to the final point for today's show. And that is that we in the New Age New Thought movement tend to be judging ourselves for not constantly and consistently living in a state of bliss. Uh, If we're not living in a state of bliss, then we're doing something wrong, or at least that's what we think, and sometimes that's what we're taught. Um I can't even tell you how much I disagree with that. Not to say that there isn't joy in every moment of every day. I do believe there is. But I am saying that sometimes we need to have the experience of going into these so-called negative feelings and really just being with them, just being with them. And what we find very often is that when we're with them, there's a comfort and love and, and, and really even joy that comes with being with them that opens us up and expands us even further so that we can find that uh, a deeper level of ourselves. But this idea that we should always be living in bliss is an idea that says, let me stick my head in the sand and not have my life's experiences and tell myself to always think positive thoughts, and therefore I'm not growing. I am not in the wisdom process. I have shut it out because I'm not having the experience. Okay? So... You know, we've got some paradigms here that need to shift again. We shifted back in the early 90s to some paradigms that really made sense to us at the time. Now it's time to take the next step in our evolutionary growth, to increase our consciousness yet further, to understand this whole thing of how we've got ourselves squared off against negative and positive. A, is not going to get us any different results, and B, is not helping us in the wisdom process. So uh, this bliss, okay, so what is bliss? 
I've experienced it, you've experienced it, we've all, anybody who's meditated for any length of time has probably had some kind of experience with, uh, an inner, deep, deep abiding inner peace and, uh, a joy, or that we call bliss. And, um, that state is, uh, that state is, is one that we have for a period of time while we're meditating, and it may even go on throughout the day, uh, and then it sort of kind of dissipates. We get focused on some other things, and it dissipates. And we think, uh-oh, I've done something wrong. I've lost my bliss. Uh-oh, I've fallen off the track. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we do need to be focusing on something else. Maybe we do need to have that experience of walking away from the bliss and coming back to it. Maybe we do need that. So let it be. Just let it be and find out what's in there. Just sit with yourself in that state. Because here's the thing. Life is not a state. Life is not a state. It is not a mood. And that's what when we talk about a state of bliss, we're talking about a mood. That's what we're talking about. Let's just tell it like it is. All right. And so if we're, if we're, if we're trying to manage our lives by moods, we're saying, uh oh, I'm in a good mood, so I can do, go and do this, and I'm, uh oh, now I'm in this not so good, not so, pl- uh, blissful state, uh oh, I'm doing something wrong, let me go back and meditate some more, and, and, and make sure that I get my state of bliss back. Well, what if you just missed out on experience that you were needing to have in order to increase your wisdom, because you're so busy thinking, oh, I need to be meditating all the time. People talk about increasing the time you meditate for hours and hours and hours. And you know what? If you're called to do that and it really is your truest calling, go for it. But many of us are not called to do that. Many of us are here to have an other experiences. And we are and we need to be in those experiences. So when we tell ourselves, uh-oh, my bliss is not here. I better go back and get it. What we're saying, is, might be saying is, um, I've got to manage my life by the mood, by the state of my mind. And I would discourage that. I think there's much more to living than just mood. And I do believe that when we open ourselves up to that, we relax into it, and we bliss is more readily available to us. So it's a paradox. But it is there. And, and practicing, you know, being in your moment certainly is a way to really access the experience of a moment. But that moment may not always be uh, filtered through a state of bliss. Um, and so when we say to ourselves that we've got to always have that, we are, are judging ourselves and we're, we're putting ourselves in another state of worry and anxiety because, oh gosh, I've got to go back and get my bliss. Uh, so I would say <clears throat> measuring ourselves by any standard might be the par- part of the problem. You know, we're the only people on the planet that only, uh, creations on the planet that do that, that measuring ourselves. So, Stopping that process and starting the process of self-discovery is what the wisdom process is all about. And next week, we're going to be coming back again with Charlene Proctor, the author of the book, The Oneness Gospel, which is about birthing the Christ consciousness and the divine human inside you. That's exactly what we've been talking about today, which is why I wanted to talk about the wisdom process before Dr. Proctor came on the show. So you stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.